Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Dial Up Dudes. And if you tuned in again, welcome back. And if this is your first time, don't worry, we'll be gentle. I'm Dave and today's host, and I'm joined as always by the smooth operators, which are Robert Fish and James Dolan. How are you guys doing? I'm very well, David. Thank you for asking. Yeah, David, <laughs> I'm just a very silky voice today. He does. I feel like he's an even jazz radio presenter or something. No, I feel mm, like he's like that, that, that TV show. Do you remember with like the Nightline Radio with the really softly like yeah. seductive voice? It's 2am and I'm online. <laughs> oh, he's the uh, announcer lady from uh, the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're on the run now. You've got nowhere to hide. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you guys doing today? I'm all right. I've, I've just, you know, it's, it's a Thursday. Um, we're heading towards the end of the week. I had my jab done at the weekend. So I had like a, a, a couple of days of feeling a bit rough, but overall feeling quite positive, you know. Life, life is moving forward. Well, I've got, I've got a half day tomorrow, so I'm very excited. And I also had a jab, a jab with alcohol in it, so I was really excited. <laughs> Did you get that in your eye? In your eye, Paul. Paul. Well, it's a long weekend, isn't it? It's May Day, isn't it? It's yeah, weekend, which I totally so. forgot about as well. Yeah, party on, man. Good, it's good the best. Times. And it, ain't it really great when you forget about something like a holiday and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll see you Monday. No, you bank holiday. <laughs> you just start <laughs> yeah. crying into you on the spot, don't you? That's I did that the Easter weekend. I totally forgot. Like, I, and, I, and I kept forgetting when people reminded me as well. So when it came up to it, I was like, what? I've got, I've got four days off. What, you didn't turn up to school like your school bag on and you put in your kit in your bag, like at the gates, thinking, like, why are the gates locked? Did, did, oh, you... have you ever done that when you were a kid? Oh, oh I, I had, had, had it. I'll tell you this absolute true story. So one morning I got up, I was like, oh my God, I'm late. So I put all my school uniform on, I run downstairs. My dad looks at me. I'm like, dad, my dad's like, are you late? I went, yeah. And I just run off. So I run, Dave, do you remember where I used to live in Beckton? So I run away to Brabson Manor, which takes about 20 minutes, I suppose. I was sweating. I get to Brabson Manor and it's shut. I was like, what the hell? It's Saturday, isn't it? I go back <laughs> indoors. My dad's laughing. So he knew and he just thought he'd let me go. Oh, your dad's a classic. Oh, he's good, good <laughs> That's dad. my dad all over, isn't it? <laughs> and I hope, I hope you do it to your daughter. You've got to pass it on. We'll <laughs> <laughs> make a run to Brabson Manor from Wilkshire. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be on her own podcast in like 25 years' time saying the same yeah. story. <laughs> My dad's a shit. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, obviously, on today's show, um, what we're going to be going on. Um, so, we'll be looking back at um, slang and the language we use as kids and how much it's changed throughout the years. We'll also be sharing our experiences of our first time drinking the devil's juice, which is alcohol. And finally, our game this week, Rob and Jim will be going head-to-head as they battle it out to see who this week's Games Master is. But first, we're going to look at some current affairs. And this week, we'll be turning our attention to the one and only Justin Bieber. Earlier this week, Justin Bieber came out supporting new dreadlock hairstyle and was instantly hit with claims of cultural appropriation from people across the world, as he was back in 1933. No, not really. As in 2016, when he was pictured in cornrows. Comments such as, when I see a white person in the mainstream sporting black hairstyle, it makes me angry. Justin, how are you going to preach about being an advocate for black people when you keep appropriating them? Make it eat, make sense, buddy. And it's really disappointing to see you with dreads. I thought you would educate yourself. So cultural appropriation is basically the adoption of an element or elements of one's culture or identity by members of a culture or identity. And this can be controversial when members of a dominant culture appropriate it for minority cultures. So with that said, Rob, being a cisgender, white, heterosexual male, whose culture have you appropriated lately? Who's, whose culture have I taken on board? <laughs> I don't really know. I've taken all good. I, I had some really hot, hot, hot sauce earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was like fiery, that was. And I think it was from the Caribbean as well, Dave. <laughs> do, you I'll get, do you reckon I'll get some hate mail for that? You might do. But, <laughs> but, but, but seriously, though... Um, well, no, what have your experiences been or your um, your views? Do you have any sort of views in regards to this seemingly growing trend um, of cultural appropriation? I, 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 I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit, I don't know, it's a, it's a bit harsh on people sometimes. Like, you know, it's who is someone to say what they do with their body as long as it's not hateful towards another person? So if someone wants to, if, if a white person wants to have dreadlocks or a black person wants to have dreadlocks or, you know, so anyone wants to have dreadlocks, I don't see what the issue is of, with it, you know, at all, so, personally. 
I, I'm, I'm going down the same sort of route in terms of, in terms of like hairstyle. I don't think obviously anyone owns the, like the right to have a certain hairstyle you know, reserved for a certain culture. I can understand like with women, I had this discussion with my wife early on today about how obviously a lot of black women have straight hair, they have wigs, but then again, you know, society made it hard for black women to go with their natural Afro hairstyle. And yeah. so they had to conform to you know, the social norms to be you know, accepted by you know, the majority you know, um, culture. So I can understand that, but in, ter- in terms of dreadlocks and such, I don't really, you know, hairstyles, I don't really understand the big, very obviously, I know dreadlocks are recently, I suppose, in a recent history associated with, you know, black and Caribbean and Rastafarian, but, you know, uh, uh, that hairstyle in itself is, you know, it goes back well beyond, you know, recent times. So, again, I don't I don't know who, you know, who owns the rights to you know, have some sort of hairstyle. In pirates, he's had dreadlocks. <laughs> Johnny Depp, he looked good in yeah, that, didn't he? Jack Sparrow had a dreadlock, didn't he? Which says we can build a time machine and beat the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Jim, obviously, you know, you're you're from a, you have a culture, you're from an LGBT culture, and I'm assuming there's going to be lots of um, aspects, you know, where um, the mainstream, should we say, have appropriated certain aspects of that. What what are your experiences? I I mean, I'm going to come at this as diplomatically as possible. I think that there are minority cultures that have um, things that they that they created, they brought to the fore that are to be celebrated. Um, I also think that it's it's a sensitive subject. I totally get it. You know, if you're a minority culture with an identity, there are things that you, that, that that are part of the identity that make you feel you know, special and that are linked to your history and all the rest of it. But by the same token, I think if we want to start to believe that, you know, all people are equal and all people should be treated equal and all communities should come together and celebrate their differences, you can't say, let's celebrate all of our differences, but by the way, you can't do these things because you are a white, heterosexual, cisgendered man. Or, or whatever it may be, you know, like I, I totally get the point that you said about black women for years being made to conform to, to straighten their hair. I totally get that. And I think you know, black women should feel totally empowered to have, you know, uh, you know, big, you know, Afro hair if they want or dreads or whatever they want to do. But likewise, I think any woman should be empowered to look however she wants. And if a black woman wants to have straight hair, she should be able to have straight hair. Dave, you talked previously about when you straightened your hair, right? (laughs) (laughs) You weren't appropriate anyone. And and I think we we, we need to start sharing stuff between our communities and kind of letting, you know, you need to blur around the edges a little bit and let people blend in because one day race will be nothing because there's only so much so much you know dna in the world and to stop us all going like insane you have to kind of you have to you have to mix it right so there will be a state in the future where everyone's gonna have a nice you know kind of like coffee colored skin tone everyone's gonna have dark hair everyone's gonna have dark eyes because that's just the way of things the ginger genes being bred out the the, the blue eyed genes I'm being bred about out. that oh god that's, 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 that's just, just, beautiful that's just the nature of you like ginger hair dave i love i love red hair with blue eyes People like Christi- Christina Hendricks and Raggedy Ann, you know, um, Ron Howard's daughters, Bryce Dallas, Mick yeah. Hucknall. Mick- <laughs> but, but, but genetically, you know, these things, this is what's going to happen. So I don't know why we're getting so hung up on it. I think reappropriation is definitely something that you, you that we should stop happening. You shouldn't like take something and, and reappropriate it for something else. But um, I don't know. I like the idea of you know the whole the phrase melting pot. I like I like mm. the idea of us sharing things. Absolutely, I do think yeah. there should be credit though to where things originate from. You know, like the fact that rock and roll music is is for a long time considered to be like a, a white man's thing, even though we know that it actually came from a lot of black culture. Well, yeah. I, I, I claim personal responsibility for creating rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see it in, all the time in, in like gay culture and queer culture. You see a lot of language that's now being used in the mainstream because of the popularity of things such as RuPaul's Drag Race. But then a lot of that um, stuff was used by white gay people, a lot of that language, when it originally came from sort of like trans and gay people of colour. And actually a lot of it 
with you know straight um, black people as well in America came from those kind of communities so you know it's funny how language finds its way through uh, iterations and into the mainstream I think it's, it's pretty kind of normal isn't it for things to make their way into the mainstream yeah it is uh, what what are we, we to make be sure of is actually knowing the difference between like you know appropriation and appreciation as well um yeah, you know where you know there are people who like certain cherry you know, cherry pick certain aspects for their own personal interests as opposed to showing you know understanding and learning about the culture and appreciating the culture for what it is and that's what for me like um people like Gwen Stefani for example or Again, and, and I don't want to sound precious because, you know, at the same time, people have the right to do what they want. I'll be like Gwen Stefani or Katy Perry when they do, do the whole like geisha kind of thing. I don't, for me, I don't think it's coming from a place of appreciation. And I think they're just trying to appropriate to sell, you know, a certain look. Jump on a bandwagon type thing. Yeah, pretty much so. And, you know, remember, I don't know if you probably remember, Jim, back in the 90s when every other person was even getting like a tribal tattoo or you know some sort of like Chinese symbol which said you know stupid foreigner in Chinese you know what I mean yeah. it just yeah, like, yeah. Every... so you know it, it's, it's it's a weird one really but um yeah I think um it's it, it's, a, it's a very sensitive issue obviously the more woke we get these days in terms of you know um, people be a bit more I think, I think people are a bit more hypersensitive in terms of these issues you know you had like a few years ago people kicking up a stink about the Washington Redskins for example as a, as a you know big organization um, having that name when they have no association to Native Americans at all you know and I, I have to say Dave sorry to, to, to butt in that's all right but I, I, I do have to say and this is no offense to anyone listening but when when people get offended on behalf of a community that they're not part of, yeah, it, it does annoy me a little bit. Like if if you guys, if, if something like bad was said about gay people and you you guys backed me up and said no, I've got you know I'm not accepting that. That's totally cool. But if you heard something and you independently decided that was homophobic, that that's you know that's the kind of thing where it starts to become a slippery slope because once straight people to start deciding what's homophobic without you know, seeing what gay people think about it, that's when other people start to push back and go, well, actually now, you know, you're just being offended for offended sake. And Dave, you're probably, I don't know, you tell me if you've got the same opinion, but if white people start getting offended on behalf of black people, rather than consulting or say, you know, or being an ally, does that, does that, does that annoy you at all? Because it, it does bother me. So, so it, when's the right it, time to step in then? It depends, it depends obviously what the situation is and you know, what was said, like it is obviously blatant, racism where you know there's discrimination going on yeah. in, this, in this conversation between like you know two white people or whatever um you know it's good to call something out when you see it as 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 what it is but you know remember Jim like a few months back when that guy um, on Twitter was kicking up a thing about racism and stuff like that and I was like like mate I don't need a savior uh, and I don't you know I don't need you I, I personally I don't find things offensive but then again I'm not the spokesperson of all black people so what yeah I find you know, not offensive or inoffensive. Another black person can find offensive. So I don't, I'm trying hard not to, like I said, speak on behalf of people. I can only speak on behalf of myself at the end of the day. And, but, but yeah, I'm from the same sort of situation you are in terms of, you know, I'll get annoyed when people, I do get annoyed when people try and you know, be uber woke for the sake of being uber woke just because they look like they're trying to do their part and yeah it's yeah. like you it's like it's almost like um it's a self-serving thing it's like uh, oh look at me and what a good, you know what a good what a good person i am and to answer your your question rob um it's, it's a bit of a nuance but obviously if you yeah i'm going to say this because i'm allowed to say it but if you heard someone that call someone a faggot or referred to someone as a faggot and you said no that's out of order that's that's totally fine i'm not saying that people shouldn't get involved but what i'm saying is yeah. when there's anything nuanced and someone from outside that community decides that oh, that's offensive, it actually ends up causing, in my opinion, more of a problem because you're like assuming that everyone's as hypersensitive as you are yeah. on a subject that doesn't actually even affect you. Yeah, you I understand. I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's, a real, it's a real difficult one, isn't it? To actually kind of get, it's like a bit of a seesaw to kind of get it right because it all also depends on the person who may be, you know, on the, like they've said, like on the other side, and you think, okay, this is where I can step in, and that person might be like, no, you can't step in there. So you'd be like, oh god. 
So then that will kind of maybe put you off down the line actually saying something that might another person might need help with. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I think it needs to be the extremes, right? If someone's saying something like Dave said, extremely homophobic or racist, that's fine to jump in. But then like if, if you heard someone say, oh, I don't know, that's a bit camp. Don't immediately think that a person's using the word camp as a negative and jump on it and get accused them of homophobia because they might yeah. actually be saying that that thing is, you know, some, I think it's fine to say something's a bit camp if it is, I do you know, well, it is, yeah. is what it is. But I mean, there are people who be like, you can't say that, that's homophobic. And that's when it starts to go a bit like, whoa, everyone calm down, man. It's all, it's all chill. Look at these heteros getting angry over there. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, you think about when we was younger and like people would refer to like gay people as queers. And nowadays, you know, you, you got you got a lot of um, kind of gay people. They refer to themselves as queers, don't they? Almost. Well, we don't refer to ourselves as queers. We refer to ourselves as queer. Queer. Okay, queer. It's, queer, a, it's a bit of a it, no. It's, sorry, I'm, tr- I'm trying to explain the nuance. If you call someone a queer, yeah, I think that's homophobic. But when you talk yeah. about like queer cinema, queer art, queer history, that that's fine because you're just talking about like it's it's a nuance. And again, this is the thing, right? It's all it's all about nuance. Um, and just it's good you explain it to me because I don't actually know if I'm honest. So no, well, do you know Rob, what I mean? It's, it's like yeah. on, sorry, it's, best, it's just best to stay quiet, Rob. Stay in the corner. No, right? I do. Just, I know, just... that's, that's definitely not. That's definitely not what, I'm, what I want to say. I don't think people should stay quiet. But I think um, I think there's a lot. There's <laughs> a lot scared. of fairness in. There's a lot of fairness to to like um, asking the question. So you know, what is the difference between you know, someone being called a queer and talking about queer stuff. And I think it's kind of like a reappropriation of the term because we've said, you know, we used to be called queer as an insult. But instead, we're saying right now, anything to do with LGBT, we just say it's, you know, queer history or queer art or queer whatever. Um, and it's like an umbrella term now for people who don't want to say they're gay, lesbian, bi, trans. It's just like, I'm one of those things. I'm under the umbrella term that is queer. Um, so it's a bit of a reappropriation thing. The same token, though, if you if you heard someone call someone an outright queer, then that's I think that's fine to, yeah. st- to stand. Because I listen to a lot of obviously I listen to a lot of music and I listen to a lot of like gay kind of punk bands. I'm like like Limbrist and stuff like other bands. Pansy Division. They, yeah, Pansy Division. Queers. Like, yeah, and, you know, and they do like they do mention the word queer quite a lot. And I went and and I'm always like a bit like oh okay then you know what I mean. So I don't know sometimes where the kind of the line is or what to say yeah, it's, it's an interesting one and, and you know, it's, it's funny because um pete's parents don't like it and they're like oh you know that's a horrible word you shouldn't be using it and it's like yeah but we're, we've reappropriated it we're not using it in the way it used to be used against that us. the n-word yeah basically are we I doing like the way a... you said the n-word <laughs> yeah yeah that's <laughs> right, that say whatever you want mate well the, the thing is though i'm thinking i'm gonna get bleeped out for all these like the, the, the queers how many the, the queer you know, count going on you know what? Like... i absolutely I, I, I can't i couldn't even a song i can't sing along to it that song i was just like i kind of just kind of i kind of nod my head like a typical white person uh, <laughs> I, I, I do ask my wife to sing along to some of these rap songs and she's like uh, uh, she doesn't she doesn't do it at all no uh, i just i just feel like a like a total toss if i said it if i'm honest well so, while, while we're on the subject very quickly if you if you haven't checked it out you know adam buxton did a version of straight out of compton oh yeah it was f to please yeah, yeah. And it, 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 he's <laughs> so funny <laughs> he replaced all the, the, all the bad words yes <laughs> help the police so dave just one one thing on your on the subject i did want to get to those uh, i've mentioned it earlier but reappropriation so mm-hmm. when someone takes something from another culture and uses it for something else and the reason i brought this up and i know a lot of people are going to think i'm a dick saying this but a, a lot of a lot of lgbt people feel the same Last year, when everyone decided they cared about the NHS for once, um, you know, everyone was putting up the rainbows everywhere and saying it was the NHS rainbow. Yeah. And, you know, the rainbows, not just in this country, it's the international symbol of the LGBT community. And Absolutely, yeah. Okay, it's better in this country now, but in many other countries it's not, and we've gone through a lot of struggles. So for someone, or for, for people to take our symbol and try and use it for something else it's a bit of a kick in the teeth especially when it's something that you support yourself because then you feel a bit awkward because you know a lot of a lot of um lgbt people were like well i, I can't i feel like i can't complain because it's the nhs and i love the nhs and i don't want anyone mm-hmm. ever to think that i'm being negative about it but you can't take our symbol that has been there for for decades and and use it for something else and the whole reason it was reappropriated is because so many nhs workers appearing on the news were wearing rainbow badges and those rainbow badges were showing their support for LGBT people. So it's like, their <laughs> oh, support okay. has been reappropriated. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, the Nazis done it with the blinking swastika, didn't they? Yeah, of course they did, like, yeah. They've ruined it for everyone, haven't they? It's yeah, just... 
Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Not 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 that using it for something like the NHS is, is a negative, but it's just like you can't take someone someone else's. You know, they tried one city. They, they put in a rainbow wanted... and a swastika together. <laughs> <laughs> in, in one city, they wanted to use the city's pride bus, their actual pride bus with the rainbow on it, for for um, some NHS stuff. And it's like, guys, can you not realise what you're doing? You're taking the historically and current like symbol, and you're just going, oh, we're going to use it for this now. Why can't they chose anything else, like a syringe or something, or scalpel? Well, <laughs> they do an NHS specific rainbow of different shades of um, yeah, like of, of, of the of the, of the um, uniforms they wear or something. You know, something. Yeah. They, there's there's loads of ideas they could have done. You know, being all serious. You know, so, so, so do you think do you think you're gonna get your rainbow back then? Well, was, well do, do, yeah. you, do you think that elf's gonna be happy? Do you know when I think about the you say about you know the rainbow flag? I remember when we used to um, go on holiday as like, and you always like see the little flag, and you're like, oh, it's a gay pub. <laughs> you always, that's how you'd know. Now it's going to be a doctor's gay friendly. surgery, oh, isn't gay it? Friendly, but, yeah. yeah, gay friendly, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you, probably some of the best times I've ever had in my <laughs> Okay, so quick question, Rachel Dizel, uh Don't know if you remember. Oh her. wow, yes, of course I do. <laughs> Uh, Rachel Dazelle, um I hope she's pronounced correctly. Um, she was a uh, white woman who pretended she was black. She had like a really, had some sort of fake tan, but she ended up being like um, the NAACP chapter president. And she got called out because, like, I think younger pictures of her appeared. She had like blonde hair and stuff like that. But she dressed, went around like dressing black. And well, did she have dark skin? Did she? No, did she, she, she basically like kind of fake tanned herself. Yeah. She basically kind <laughs> of blacked up. <laughs> That's a really weird thing to do, isn't it? Like, it it's, yeah. yeah, just a bit, just a bit. No, but that was, um, yeah, I think that's the ultimate cultural appropriation, especially if she's trying to, you know, take advantage of, um, like, I'm, I'm assuming she got the job because of, you know, who she claimed that she was, you know, and it's a, it's a shame because obviously if she, you know, if she was good at her job, brilliant, but you can't go on and get a job at the N- NAACP um, <laughs> doing blackface, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she ever spoke out on blackface whilst committing blackface. <laughs> that is a strange thing. What does she sound like when she talks? Oh, I don't know. I know that oh. might be a sensitive thing. To, I, I, I don't know who this person is, but I'm quite shocked by it, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm surprised you've not heard of Rachel Dozell. It's like she's... It's all right, right now. Rachel it Dozell. Quite a big, um, yeah. It's quite a big story. Um, yeah, it was huge. Like, because, yeah, her parents then started... <laughs> doing interviews and they were like we don't know why she's doing this but then she did say she liked like kid and play and you know mc hammer to prove that she was there you go rob <laughs> oh right so for is the benefit of the pop? listeners I i'm showing a picture know, to yeah, rob, rachel dozel yeah um, but, but yeah. jim outside of rainbows uh what what do you think um you know what part of the the culture that they was um, linked around LGBT, which was probably publicly not mocked, but you know, look, probably looked down upon, which is now socially accepted within that. For example, you know, uh, as, as as a black man myself, you know, I, as a kid, I was you know mocked for my big lips and but but now they're really fashionable and trendy. Or you got like people like Miley Cyrus, who you know who's doing twerking even and now socially acceptable. When for years it was you know something within the black culture. Well, I was actually going to say, like, when we were talking about the hair thing, you know, like people having um, straightened hair or whatever, um, you know, people pumping their lips up full of fillers and stuff, and nobody says that's cultural appropriation. I thought it was a, an absolute swarm of beans going around. I was like, bee stings. <laughs> <laughs> swarm of beans. Bean sting. Um, Not the bees. <laughs> but in, in t- uh, so for LGBT, I mean, there was, um, for years, you know, the, um, the, the ball scene in New York, there were people there performing you know, for, for like trophies for doing their, their, their walks and their dances and vote, that's where voguing came from. And it was very much a street thing. And then Madonna kind of found out about it and got the guy to choreograph Vogue and the rest is history, right? But that, that would always in most people's minds be a Madonna thing where actually that came yeah. from black queer culture. Um, I suppose there are some, there are probably things where you think for years that, you know, the gay stereotype was to look a certain way. 
And now if you look at a lot of guys nowadays, a lot of straight guys, younger ones, they're probably doing a lot of the things that you would have, our generation would have mocked people for and called them gay. So, you know, they've got their overly plucked eyebrows. They're super well groomed. They turn themselves out really well. They carry those little handbags with them everywhere. So, I mean, I see it as a positive thing. If, 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 If mainstream society is breaking through gender norms, that's great. But yeah, looking back, like how that would have been interpreted when we were younger. You know, just, mentioned, mentioned, positive. just mentioned being in school and watching uh, Ru, Ru, RuPaul's Drag Race and going back and yeah. talking about it. And that yeah. everyone watches it, doesn't it? And it's actually, you know, I love it. It's one of my, I love watching it. Well, you, Jim, you told me about it. <laughs> and, I, and I stormed it. I stormed the palace. I didn't watch all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like RuPaul, we're going to strike a pose, or is it a pause? Either way, uh, after the break, we'll be reflecting on the ever-evolving English language and the same kids say today as compared to us did back in our day when we were young. Our son Pat is a bit nifty with a bat. Can run in a circle as fast as a cat. When he gets a little peckish, he takes off his hat. With 93% peanuts, he likes a bit of this, likes a bit of that. Sun-packed, fun-packed, our sun-packed. I'll kill him when I get my hands on him. And welcome back. So, early this week, my son was playing Xbox when I heard him yell, Get wrecked! You're trash! And it got me thinking about slang that we use as kids and how it evolved uh, over the years. So I'm going to come to you, Jim. Um, do you remember? Do you remember your youth and you know, the sort of slang that you would you know, you'd use, and obviously the influences behind that? Not the influences. I just remember there was words that come and went, right? So um, the one that I remember, because I don't know why the sound stands out so much. I think I just liked it, but it didn't last last for very long. But do you remember in primary school when um, you used to say skills? Skill, oh, yeah. yeah skill. I still do. I, I love skills. <laughs> yeah. So so that that was one of them. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, the, the main thing for me in the evolution of language is the fact that we don't say things that are like offensive anymore. Like there, there's certain words. I'm not. I'm not even going to say them on here. And they're not, they're Go not on. swears. We'll beep them out. No, they're not. They're not even swears. But there's like words that we would have called each other, um, which at the time you'd just like was a mild insult. And now looking back, you're like, oh no, because that's like I would never use that word today. Yeah, you know, like words that connotations with Down syndrome and things like that. But at the time oh, yeah. when you were a kid, you didn't know that word had connotations with Down syndrome, but the adults at the time who were using it did. And now, like yeah. you know, you get a bit older, and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I used to say that. Oh, definitely, and I think it. Now we obviously we mature, we learn, we learn. I remember being, I remember once when I was like probably 13 and I played football, but not much. And I heard people using the Y word, um, you know, what Tottenham. Um, yes. And I didn't obviously know what it meant at the time. I know only that they're Tottenham fans. And that's, that's, that's the only context which I had heard it from. Mm-hmm. And it's only after the fact, you know, years later when I actually said it and my mum was like, what did you say? And I was like, what? It's like Tottenham, and it's like no, and was I looked it up and found I was like, oh my god, I've been saying this, and yeah, it's it, yeah. You're, you're bringing it in from the last subject a bit because that's a massive appropriation topic of you know non-Jewish yeah. people using self-identifying with that term. Yeah, and you know, obviously, I can, no, I'm not carrying shame about it because you know it was something done, you know, through um, you ignorant, it. it was ignorance. It was ignorance and I didn't know where it was. And obviously again, I was, I was a kid, but if I think if anything, you know, if, if it's done from hatred or a place of you no know, discrimination, then obviously I think it's a, you know, a shame to be had, but you know, it's, it's an opportunity for me to learn and grow and um, you know, just make sure. If, if, you're, if, you're around a group, if you're with a group of people and they're saying something like that, you're going to think after a while, if you're young, oh, that's okay to say because everyone's saying it, especially if they're older than you. And so you, you all say it and it, it takes your, you, yourself to educate yourself or someone on, who's older with more responsibility, you know, with a bit of head, better, better head on than the head. And to say, no, you can't say that, that's wrong, you know. So it's about, it's about educating yourself and not beating yourself up about it. Learn. Yeah. Like, but one. Oh, 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 sorry, go on, no, 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 no
I was, I was just going to say on the getting away from the the, the offensive kind of side of things. Do, do you not? And maybe this is me, but I swear there's more words now for something being good than there ever was when we were <laughs> younger. Because when we were younger, like it was wicked or it was cool. Um, Kushti. Kushti, yeah, Kushti. Kushti. Yeah, yeah. Kushti. I, I love Kushti. Yeah, I do. But now, yeah. but now it's like you know things are hench and peng and lit. Peng's good looking, isn't peng. it? Peng, yeah. I, I, just I peng. don't even know, mate. I just all the all these words. Gucci, like, Gucci. That's the one. Gucci, Gucci. Jesus. Gucci. Do you know what I, re- lit. I remember? Lit. I re- do you remember when a lot of the young kids? I think it's just when we kind of got older. Were saying vexed all the time. Do you remember don't that? Get vexed. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I was a youth worker, and I said, and I said to some <laughs> young chap, kept saying to me like vexed, and I was like, do you know that's a really super old word they say in Shakespearean books? And he was like, no. And I had to show him. I was like, look. He's like quite you... blown away by it, but I thought it was quite cool at the same time. You know? what, what, what Shakespeare play did you read to him? I think I read a fellow. <laughs> <laughs> and then I Which fellow him. did you read? Then I, then I poisoned him. <laughs> um, I do like the word vex though, like in the, not in the yeah. not in the slang way, but in the actual you know the the, the true use of the word vex. It's actually yeah, a word. It, it's very a nice word to say. It rolls quite quickly. But when I think when it comes to language, it's kind of like fashion sometimes as well, you know. You know, sometimes it comes in and in a few years and like 10 years later, it'll come back in again, you know, and yeah. it'll just kind of keep rolling. It's this circulation of like, same with music as well. It's like this circulation. And I think we kind of, you know, we put changes to it, we alter it and we edit it to make it like, you know, new, kind of like, I suppose language is about creating like a new identity for different kind of generations also. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely. You can tell which generation someone's from by the, by the slang that they yeah, use. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I think as well, obviously, you know, as time, obviously, with the growth of the internet and more exposure to different slang, it changes around a lot quicker than it would have done, you know, in our day. Obviously, we still had like TV and uh, movies where you'd pick up new words and it would get around, but slang just goes around so fast these days. Yeah, it's um, like salty, that's salty. I've never salt, heard that. Salty, oh, and I watched a video, on YouTube video, so, and, and, and they're playing games, and they're like, you salty son, you salty mate. I was like, what the hell? Dexter says that to yeah. me all the time. My son yeah. Dexter does it all the time. Uh, <laughs> you, you salty dad, you salty... Oh, shit, I was like, oh. I'll give I'll, you a <laughs> but, but, then, but then, right, I'll, I'll turn into one of those, like, those parents who try and use those cool words and just end up looking embarrassing, you know what I mean? Oh, like, mate, shot. don't. Don't, don't, don't. don't, don't, don't. No, mate, it, it happened. It's happening, mate. I'll try and do it. He was getting younger. It's like cocoon right now. Like, like, Shut up, you munter. <laughs> what's, a, what's, what's a munter, Dad? <laughs> to be honest, the most slang, I mean, I, I, the most slang I use, and even then it's not, it's very, it's very seldom spoken. It's more likely typed is stuff that's come from, again, from like watching RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so it's all about like being, being gagged, like, oh, I'm totally gagged. But like I'd, I'd write that, but I wouldn't say it necessarily. What? Was that just being silenced? I don't know. Is there, is there an old term for that? Yeah, yeah, something that's like you find it really like amazing and shocking. You're like I am gagged. I'm utterly gagged. Oh. <laughs> yes, okay, um, silence. Spilling, spilling the tea, throwing shade, all of those. Throwing shade. Yeah, I've heard. And have you heard? He use like goat a lot. Obviously, it's, oh. it's, it's in football. Goat, quite a lot now. Yeah, I, goat. I don't actually understand goat. goat. What does it actually mean? Greatest of all time. Oh. I'm sorry, right? You can't have the word goat. Yeah. As a as a as a slang term, it's. it's <laughs> a goat is a goat. <laughs> that's, that's a one thing about being a goat. A goat, mate. I like I like some of the the language though. Like I like um like when people talk about. And I think this is this is to do with like um a bit more body body positivity and stuff as well. You know, instead of body more, popping, up what you're gonna say, <laughs> and body popping. But people don't sell. Yeah, they don't really get called um, fat anymore, which is good. You know, people talk yeah, about being thick brilliant. or yeah. juicy or you know that that kind of thing. I think that's that's a nice positive way to move away because the word fat, even if it's true, if someone is fat, it always has a negative connotation. Yeah, it's always been used negatively. So it's to come up with new terms for bigger people. Is, I think that's a nice. A what, nice is a way to what is a new term then? So thick, thick. is one. So thick. Like, or, or juicy, yeah. But don't you think then? Oh, you call me juicy anytime, boys. Don't you think they should re- repackage skinny then? Because obviously, being called skinny as a guy is pretty offensive. I find. So what do you, what do you what do you call someone skinny then? Um, I don't know. Um, what's the opposite of juicy? 
Raisin. Freeze dried. No, what's, the, what's, the, what's the thing when you get the orange juice? And it, um, it's, um, I don't know. No, 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 no it's free dry. Concentrate. I'm well concentrate. You're well concentrate. Hope someone catches on to this and they're. <laughs> Do you remember, Do you try remember and make what, it happen? Make it happen. Do you remember, uh, Dave? I don't know if you remember, guys, but one of our friends, uh, Brett, he tried to bring in the word, um, was it chutney? Chutney. <laughs> he tried to do the word chutney for good. He tried to do it for ages and no one would have it. Is that like oh. in Mean Girls when this is like, stop trying to make fetch happen? Fetch is not going to happen. Fetch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, so, so come on. I'll say no. Like, if, if you guys remember like terminology your parents would say to you when you're younger, we're going to go back a little bit. Like things they would like, like you know, like things they would say. I don't think you'd say to your kids anymore. Like well, I suppose you would say something like, "I'll break your, your neck, you little." Like, like <laughs> yeah. your disappointment. Do you remember? I remember my dad always used to say to me, "Are your legs broken?" Like all the time, and things like, "I'm, I'm not asking. I'm telling. Stop crying. I'll give you something to cry about." <laughs> <laughs> it's quite aggressive, isn't it? You think about it. Yeah. Like, um, you, you better wipe that look off your face. Um. Put some beer, put some beer in that bowl. That help them get to sleep. <laughs> or give them whiskey. Don't. <laughs> yeah, little little total whiskey. But this is my favourite because I just think this is so shocking. Because I don't, as a parent, I don't think I'd ever say this, but I know this is something that was said. Don't call unless someone is dead or the house is on fire. My mom said that all the time. I yeah. said it all the time. So I set the house on fire. She soon came. <laughs> It's like me, if I, I'd be like, if the ha- if someone's dead, the house is fire. Call me, but call me also if you've stumped your toe. <laughs> right, Jim, I'm going to ask you, and I'll ask you as well, Rob. Um, what are your favourite and worst um, slang terms of the day? Um, like what of the moment? No, no, of of our day, back when oh, we were of young. our day. Yeah, for example, mine was. When, I, when someone would say something sarcastic and they say, like, not at the end of it. Oh, most of the, word, the one that I, I hate looking back on it is when yeah. people used to go, beard, beardy beard, beard. Do you remember that? <laughs> that whole fucking beard thing. No, anyone who's listening can't see what I'm doing, but I'm stroking my chin while I saying beard. beard. So if someone said something and you you didn't believe them, you'd go, yeah. mm, my beard, mm. my beard. Chinny, chin, oh, chin. I remember when people used to grab your chin and go, chinzy. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, maybe it was the same thing. <laughs> oh, that, I hated yeah. that. And you leave a bruise on your chin. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, that was the so. Yeah, I hate. I hated that. I hated the beard thing. Okay. Um, when, well. when the Budweiser bus came around, and everyone was doing yeah. it. Oh God. Well, do you know what was worse than that? It's not a verbal one, but it was the Tango Man. Do you remember? Oh, the slap. Parents slapping each other around the face. Oh. I got slapped so hard once. I feel like more the Tango out of me. That, ask the, the threats <laughs> from your dad, mate. He did, did, did warn you. <laughs> he, did <call> me. <laughs> he said, "You know, don't call me the asses of fire." I called it. Anyway, Tango. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's the worst one. Favorite one. Um, I don't know. Probably just probably skills. I just really liked skills. I thought it was such a cool little cool little world. Word. Yeah. Also, I know another word I actually loved. No, skanked when you've been done over. You've been skanked, yeah. mate. You've been proper skanked or bifter. Yeah. Bifter. Oh, yeah. Bifter. <laughs> well, we've got a bifter, mate. <laughs> How about you, Rob? Do you know what my my favourite one is? Is um, Kushti. I always love Kushti, and I, I think you've you always said it. You kind of said it to me as well. But I, the the one I can't think of a one I really hate because I think you guys have all mentioned them. I'm, I'm I'm like trying to absolutely think of it right now. You know what Kushti reminds me of. Do you remember that period where everyone was everyone for some reason used the word pucker? I think yeah. maybe Jamie Jamie Oliver might have killed it, but for a while people did use pucker quite a lot, and I didn't like mm. that. I, I still say pucker once in a while. I don't know why it just comes out. Because you're, you're a pie man. That's why. <laughs> pie. Just reminds me of hot hot t- chicken tikka pie from West Ham. It does. Oh no, chicken balti, chicken balti pie. Ooh. That's it. Yeah, chicken balti pie. My dad, I bought one for my dad, and he bit into it. And it burnt through the seat like alien. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Well, that was a nice chat. Um, so, following in with all, we'll be looking back to our first experiences of trying alcohol. What's up? Hello. Hey, who? What's up? Numbi. Just watching the game, having a bud. What's up with you? Nothing. Watching the game, having a butt. True. True. What's up? 
Yo, who's that? Yo! Yo, pick up the phone! Hello? What's that? What's that? Yo, where's Dookie? Yo, Dookie! Yo. What's that? What's that? Hold on. Hello? So what's up, B? Watching the game, having a bud. True. True. The beers are flowing, and this week I've had my first beer in a pub for the first time in months. But what I'd like to speak about today is our first experiences of drinking alcohol. So Jim, cast your mind back to when you were little, Jim. Do you remember that first experience of alcohol? You know, did you drink your family? I, I don't remember the first experience because I think um, I don't know what the difference is nowadays. I don't know how parents are with alcohol with their kids, if they're super chilled. But I swear when we were teenagers, there was just a different rule. I know that like, you had to be 18 legally, but I was drinking regularly. Not well, actually, you know, regularly sounds really bad, but I was drinking quite often from the age of about 14. All right, Phil Mitchell. And- <laughs> You know, family parties from probably the age of 12, I would I would probably have be allowed a beer. Um, so, and, and I, and to be honest, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think in a lot of European countries, kids do have like, a, you know, a wine or with dinner from quite a young age. Yeah, very young. I, I, I do think like the, the more you, the more you um, make something seem forbidden, the more likely kids are to go crazy when they get it. And I, I do wonder if that's, you know, if that's the case like in the States where they can't drink till the 21. So when they do get it. Spring break. Is that, yeah, why, I'm, exactly. is that why I wanted to do heroin so much when I was younger? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I remember, I do, obviously I remember stupid things that I did when I was a kid. Like, you know, when you start going to parties and stuff when I was sort of 15 and you'd have your, your pocket money and you'd have the ability to buy more than just a, a couple so you do something silly, like you get, you know, eight eight beers plus um, a quart of scotch and a quart of vodka, and you drink it all that night. <laughs> yeah, I think we, when we were young, we were just like reckless, because, you know, it was it was fun, it was new, it was exciting, it was just like a new stage in your life, really. Do you remember, so about you, how about, you know, your experiences when you um, first cracked open my- your first beverage? My first drink, proper drink, I was at a party when I was really young. My dad got me a shandy, but it basically was a beer. <laughs> so I dropped this beer and I was like wrecked. <laughs> I was like really young. And then we went to Spain when I was 15 and I was allowed to have a, um, a, a cider every night. But I never forget when I truly got drunk and I was around a friend's house called Ian's and we got loads of case, <laughs> we got loads of case ciders in. And I remember being so drunk and I was like, just, I remember I was laying off, I woke up on the floor and I got up and I was just sick and I just lay back down in the sick and went to sleep again. <laughs> it was yeah. awful. And I've never, I could never ever drink K-Sider ever since then. And I was really young as well. Those days of, I remember Ian and those days of drinking with your mates is hilarious again, because, you know, you're at an age and you're, you know, I think I probably looked older than I did. Why so, beard, so? so I had, um, I know I, I come to the duty of like, trying to buy alcohol and it's just like, you know, trying to, Defy that trying to find a good um shopkeeper who would actually sell you the beer or I'm trying to find someone who you know find someone who actually buy the beers for you. Hey, did, Jim, did we try and get a drink off your mum in Asda once? Probably because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we know that she knew us. We were like, Do we try? But yeah, so do you so Jim, your early experiences, uh, do you remember obviously purchasing the drink? Do you remember like ever um getting people to rope people into buying your booze or um i remember absolutely shitting myself trying to buy because i looked quite quite young um you know i didn't i couldn't grow sideburns until i was 18 i did have big curtains um so no i mean i'd I'd go in and try and buy it myself and if i got knocked back then you it's kind of like that that um uh how would you phrase it like a rite of passage, that's it. It's like a rite of passage when you're a teenager. You go to an offie, 
try and buy some booze. You get knocked back. So then you all trudge. Actually, you all try one by one in case one of you can get served. If none of you can get served, then you all trudge over to the next stop until eventually, because eventually you will find someone who will serve you. And um, then I you never get had the, claps here. <laughs> yeah, I never had the indignity. Yeah, they get around you in a circle and they cheer. Oh. I never had the indignity of having to ask a complete stranger. Um, that we always managed to, to get hold of booze somehow. Um, and actually, like back then, you know, if, if it was the weekend and you're going out with your friends, you, you ask your parents to get you some when they go shopping. I would never ask my parents when I was underage at all. Never. They weren't. They were my parents. Won't let me do it either. Why did we drink such bad drinks when we were younger? MD twenty twenty. Just wanted alcohol, didn't you? Didn't care what it was. White Knightly in MD twenty twenty. There were cheap drinks that were nicer tasting, like Perno. Like why did we drink Perno and stuff like that? And why did we drink case cider? All this real horrible stuff. And it was actually quite nice. Hooch was horrible. If you I didn't mind hooch. It was really, really, really sweet. It was so sweet. I ended Is up all... drinking. Do you remember Mets? Yeah. Yeah. I remember having that because it was sweet, but it wasn't like pure sugar. Um, and it was easy. Yeah, it was easy to drink. Do you remember the advert for it? Beware no. the Judder Man, my dear. Oh the yeah, the Judder Man. <laughs> Newcastle Brown Ale was another thing we drank as well. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. mate. Oh Hollywood's. Right, how much of your drink, your youth drinking involved vomiting, like purposeful vomiting? Yeah, I remember once, like, and this one I had dreads actually, I drank so much and I puked in my sleep and I woke up with vomit in my hair and it was, it was just like, first of all, it was disgusting because I'm sick in my hair, but first, no, secondly, it was just a case of throwing up in your sleep, it's fucking dangerous, man. Yeah, man, you <laughs> choked to death. Yeah. yeah. We, we used to do this thing where we'd go, get booze and um we'd then go to this field behind the ice rink in romford and there's a, there's a hospital now there so you would never get away with this but there was this like little um clubhouse thing like um i don't know british legion type thing but it, yeah. it must have been closed down for, for a while and had these like fire escape steps at the back so you could go up to the balcony and we used to get really drunk outside this thing uh, you know the sort of concrete forecourt bit where the car park used to be and then we just like have a game of vomiting so my friend at the time, like <laughs> he, he, I know it's ridiculous. It sounds, it is ridiculous. But if he saw someone be sick, he'd be sick. So every now and then one of us would make ourselves sick just to make him sick. And then it just became, <laughs> and then it became, it became this thing where he, he'd, he'd see how far, how much of a pattern he could make. So we'd, one of us would throw up, that'd set him off. And then he'd throw up, take a few steps, throw up, take oh. a few more steps and see what kind of pattern he could. And then it got to the point where some of us would stand underneath this balcony while he'd go and stand on the top and puke up over the edge. Oh, so it was like, it was it sounds like Stand By Me, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And what reminded me of it is because the Newcastle Brown Ale, we used to walk home from Hollywoods because obviously I'd live in Dagenham. It wasn't that far. Mm-hmm. And it's probably like an hour's walk. Um, and we'd always stop off at this little playground on the way back and he would make himself throw up down the slide after having Newcastle Brown Ale, mm. which in, in hindsight is an awful thing to do because yeah. you know it's a kid's playground. But that's um, the 90s for you. The kids are pricks. Um, <laughs> so you're both, you're, you're both um, older brothers. Oh, did you ever get your, no, get your sibling, younger siblings involved in booze when they're underage? No, not me. No, nah, man. Because I suppose, like, don't be wrong, me and my brother get on like an ass on fire. Um, oh, but, um, did you call your parents? <laughs> Touche, David. Um, but, um, you know, I think we kind of hung out with totally different people when we were younger. So, obviously, my brother was into different kind of music and stuff like that, and I was into like, kind of rock stuff. So, we kind of just separated from there. So, it was Mace, it was Mace, I think it was mainly you, Dave, me, you and Ian and other people, you know, we used to get, I used to get drunk with. And then, obviously, we started going like to the little house parties around our friend's house in um, East Ham. And, that, and then, then I used to escalate and we used to jump off each other's banisters, um, intoxicated. <laughs> so, I had to. So where was your first no, no legal age point? You know, you're, 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 your drinking establishment you used to visit when you were, you know, fresh, newly qualified Beckton, drinker. Beckton Golf Golf Range. No, no, the golf no, the golf range in Beckton. Oh yeah, they used to do lock-ins. I think that was one of my first, I think, legal ones. And I think maybe the Millers in East Ham as well could have been one. And do you remember um, the Beckton ski slopes? Yeah, little cabin there, good old Friday nights. Yeah, I remember that. They used to karaoke, and then you'd always have some bloke up there drunk singing uh, Bon Jovi. Always. You'd walk in and someone's singing Bon Jovi. That's what they had, I reckon. I reckon it was a, I reckon it was a Bon Jovi tribute 
um, ski slope. I reckon if you dug it up, there'd be a bronze statue of Bon Jovi underneath it. <laughs> I think mine, mine must have been the Fallen Firkin in Romford because I, I was drinking there regularly from about the age of 15 anyway. So, and that's where my friends were. So it makes sense that I would have gone there for my first one. I'll tell you a great story, right? So me and Dave got, we were quite young and we were just getting into like alternative music and we got, we started drinking at home and then we went to this um, bar in London and uh, it was like a heavy metal bar and everyone was headbanging. So <laughs> Dave got this big circle and started headbanging. Do you remember that, Dave? Yeah. I gave myself whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't move my head for three days. I was literally in pain. I thought I had to go to hospital. <laughs> So the amount of times I thought I'd given myself whiplash whilst dancing at Hollywoods is just ridiculous. <laughs> Talking to the Ford and Firkin, though, that's good old days. I remember getting like racially abused there a few times, actually. <laughs> <laughs> good old days. Really? Yeah, I remember going there once and like I was up with Steve O, Brett, and everyone, like, no, these are our mates back in the day, we we're still friends, some of them. And um, I think I'd, I'd made friends in whoever and walked in there and some of these guys on the table doing monkey noises. And, um, yes, yeah. Oh, and there used to be that group of skinheads, didn't they? Used to... Oh, Dave. Probably. That's when... Steve-O... No, it's probably it's a different night, though. And I remember, like, Steve-O really kicking off, and I thought, just ignore him, mate, because I can, I, can, like, I can be responsible for myself and not get in trouble. But if someone else kicks off, then, you know, it's going to escalate, because I'll feel like I have to... Yeah. yeah. I could, I could easy, it's easy for me to ignore it. I mean, but yeah, good old days, Romford. Is it, is it still is it still around? Is it, Jim? No, it's um, it's been closed down for quite some it's time. It, it's an MMA gym up top upstairs now, isn't it? An yeah, well, that's, that's above that's above where the Maplins used to be next door. Oh, it's is really it? fun for anyone who's never been to Romford. But it, there was a brilliant pub <laughs> called the Fallen Firkin. It's where all the alternative kids went. It had a nice outdoor area, the smelliest it, it toilets in the world. world. Well, it's toys of the world, but apparently also racists. So not <laughs> it's Romford. <laughs> anyway, finished off the segment, Jim Boy, Jim Boy, and Robbo. Jim Boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are your favourite drinks of choice? Back. Oh, when what? You were so, young. so when? When? What age? Well, when you were young. So okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what. The, the, the summer that I turned sixteen, my parents went on holiday. I stayed um, with my aunt and uncle and spent the whole summer hanging out with my, my best friend. And we used to go over Hainault Forest um, and get pissed. And we'd buy loads of bottles of Smirnoff, oh, not Smirnoff Ice, sorry, of um, Foster's Ice, if you remember such a thing, or Bud so, Ice. Bud Ice, uh, yeah. Because a lot, I think basically adults weren't drinking them. So you could get them from the offie for like a quid each or something. Like it was, it, they were really, really cheap. So I that was my drink of choice. I bet they were probably well out of date, like a year probably. out of date. <laughs> Probably were. Next day. Yeah. So there oh, you yeah. go. Foster's ice or bud ice. I was always keen on vodka. I always kind of liked vodka when I was younger because I my, my dad told me that um, he's like he used to like drinking uh, vodka straight. So I thought it must be good. So I used to drink vodka straight, and um, but then obviously <laughs> it progressed onto um, you know doing drinking smoke. I used to drink anything. Good I didn't care. Smack. Yeah, just really that. But I didn't. One thing I could never drink and I never liked was sambuca. I hate that stuff, man. It tastes disgusting for me. It makes me feel like I'm going to be sick. And whiskey, I can't drink whiskey either. I struggle with it. I love whiskey. I know you I do. Sambuca. I love it. I, I, I'll hold sambuca in my mouth. I'll just like let it like, impregnate the inside of my cheeks with its sweet, sweet nectar. This is how much I. This is how much I love Dave. I went around his house once. He got a bottle of whiskey and I drank it with him. <laughs> and I was like, I can't drink whiskey. That's how much I. Love. It was a miniature. It was lovely though. <laughs> like my favourite drink of choice when I was a kid was there were two actually. There's Irish Nights, which is pretty much like a, a liqueur, so it's cheap Bailey's. <laughs> was it? I thought you were going to say Dooley's for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dooley's is all right, and also Scott Smack, which is again, it's a, it's a bit of a whiskey kind of wine drink, but yeah, it's, it. I found like it was a bit of love with it with of the whiskeyish, um, the whiskeyish drink. So yeah, so um, moving on now, as we've all looked back to our youth drinking and abusing alcohol, um, in our final segment, Rob and Jim will go head to head in our game of the week. Mortal Kombat! Beware the jabberman, my dear, when the moon is fat. 
limbed he is, and cunning. With sweetened talk of schnapps and mats, and the deliciousness of judders. But schnapps, though sweet, has teeth, my love, and sharpened ones at that. Beware the judder man, my dear, when the moon is fat. So, welcome back to the final segment of the show. And this is where Rob and Jim will go head to head. So, here are the rules, boys. There'll be five rounds. Each round, you'll be given five clues to either an event, film, artist, so it could be actor or musician, TV show, or a thing. You'll be competing against each other, so it's the fastest one to give me the correct answer. If you guess the answer after one clue, you get five points. If you get it after two clues, you get four points, and so on. If you guess the wrong answer, you'll get frozen out for the rest of the round, and your opponent will have the rest of the opportunity, rest of the round, uh, to try and get the answer. Um, each you get two at twenty seconds between each clue. Um, is that clear for you guys? Yes. I have one question, Dave. May I? So, if I, so, if you don't know the answer, and with the first clue, you just keep quiet and wait for the second clue. Yeah, that's correct. Cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. So, if any of you know the answer, just say no, and we'll move on to the next clue. Okay. Yep. So, clue one, question one: Empire State Building. No. No. Radio talk show. Um, oh, no. No, Bob? No, no, no. Okay. 1993. Um, oh. I'm going to take a guess. Okay. Fraser. No. Oh no, he's in Seattle, isn't he? Oh, God, he is. yeah. <laughs> so you're out. So you know what, Joe Jim? I actually was going to say Fraser for the very first question, but I went no against it. So Rob, you now have a chance to get either two points or one point if you get okay. these right. Okay. So clue number four. Mm-hmm. Rom com. No, 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 I was just about to say something and I realised this entire is wrong. I know what it is though, because I've got the same straight of thought as Rob. Clue number five, Meg Ryan. When Harry met Sally? No, no, you um, you had it in your mail. (gasps) You got mail, of course it's. No. (gasps) No. No, it's Sleepless in Seattle. Is it? Yep, that's when they met. At the top of the um, Empire State Building. Oh, so you did almost had it. Ah. Did, I almost said it, but I didn't say because it said Seattle in the, tr- in the thing. You, oh, my God. You, you said it and then you told yourself out of it. I know. And, and, I, and I guess something else with Seattle. How weird. <laughs> How weird is that? Oh, it's like strange. Maybe I thought that because it's something. Oh, no, it's strange, man. Oh, man. Oh, so zero points for the first question. <laughs> so, so question two, clue one. Harvard. No. no. Clue number two. Fake news. No. Um, 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 Facebook. Yeah, Jim's got it. Oh. Yes! Oh, Facebook, what, Facebook the film or just Facebook the thing? Just, just Facebook was invented oh, at Harvard. Oh, darn. Yeah, so the clue number three was going to be Jesse, Jesse Einsberg. I would have got that instantly. I don't uh, know straight away then. Number four would have been Cambridge Analytica, and number one, uh, five would have been Zuckerberg. Oh, right. So, well done, Jim. Jim got well done, mate. Points. Jim got four points. Okay. Bested. Oh, unlucky. <laughs> Rob, you, you missed That's it. That's my first clue. Person. That's your first clue, Jim, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so, question... Three, clue one. Los Angeles. I mean, that could be anything. It could be. So I'll take it as a no, yeah? 
I'm, I'm, should I take a punch just for fun of it? <laughs> no, don't do. be crazy. A suicide, a suicide gym. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Red Jim's the machine. And Jim's out. Um, so you got um, four more shots now. So, question, clue two, big hair. Los Angeles is the first one, and big hair is the second one. Uh-huh. You can say that if you want to. No, I don't know. Number three, glam. Glam? Glam rock. Yeah, oh. Glam rock. Yeah. Los oh. Angeles. Do I don't know. Another clue? Yeah, go for it. Clue number four, Mick Mars. Mick Mars? Yep. Mick Mars? Yep. I don't know. I'm I don't sure know who Mick Mars is. <laughs> uh, clue number five? Yeah, go over it. I think Jim knows this. Dr. Feelgood. I don't oh, know. I didn't have it. Is it David Lee Roth? No. Oh, I, I was originally thinking Kiss. Go on, Rob. <laughs> it's Rick James. <laughs> it is Motley Crue. Oh, never have known that. Ever. Yeah, you know Dr. Feelgood. Oh, yeah, yeah I know the song. So yeah, he's got a, drawn a blank here. So Jim's still four nil. Burn camp. Okay, let's let's see if we can get number four. Question four. Clue number one. A heart attack. <laughs> Do you know who I'm thinking? I'm not gonna. This isn't my answer. But I'm thinking of. Actually, no. I'll tell you what I'm thinking of afterwards. Yeah, tell me that's afterwards because you're making me okay. put that I'll right now. Just in case it's the answer. I can Clue. see that, Jim. <laughs> Clue number two, obese. <laughs> oh, I, okay, oh. I'm going to go with it. Charlie Slater. No. Oh, oh I know. Number... Uh, Rob, do you want to go on? Pardon? Do you want to go on? Yes, Clue number, yeah. Yeah. Clue number three, Canadian. John Candy. Correct. So that's... Three points. Three points. So glad I've got that. Four, three. John Candy. John Candy I, is the Canadian Charlie Slater, though. I love that. He's not John Candy. God. <laughs> <laughs> and um, clue number four was going to be comedian. Clue number five was going to be Brewster's Millions. Oh, yeah. You could have right. said something easier than Brewster's Millions. You could have done like cool runnings. I, I could have done. I could, I could have done anything. Like Uncle Buck. Um, yeah. A lot of things, but I'm Bruce Williams. Okay, question number five. Now, Rob, you got to get this to win it, mate. So much pressure. Jim, you I can't handle pressure. Under pressure. I'll tell you what now, if you guys drink more. Hydration, mate. Hydration. Spoiling the illusion of radio. I mean, podcast. Okay, so question number five. Clue number one. Bankrupt. No? I'm going to write something down, but I'm not taking the risk. No, I'm going to say no for the first one. So, number, uh, clue number two, Tracy Shaw. Who? Tracy Shaw. No. No. Clue number three, Carol Smiley. No. No. Clue number four, Nikki Campbell. No. Um, hang on, so bankrupt. Tracy Shaw, Carol Smiley, Nikki Campbell. Oh, Wheel of Fortune. It is Wheel of Fortune. Jim's got it. I would never have got that. That's a tough one, man. And the last one was going to be free spin. Was going to be Jenny Powell. I was going to be um, Jenny Powell, but you know what? how many points is that? That was two points. So I can't remember when a fortune. Oh, Rob win. Uh, Jim wins six to three. Well done. Yay! <laughs> well done. He Jim. won. A, he won the, with Will of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I won a free spin. <laughs> I've got some more. If we want to keep going, but if not, we can. Can we do one more just for fun? <laughs> okay, Rob. Just there you go. Fun. Just for fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, clue number one, question six. Zip. 
Fuck off. <laughs> no. Um, Rainbow. No. Oh, no. Had, I thought you had it then. No. No. Clue number two, loud. Oh, it's not going to be Zippy, is it? It is Zippy from oh, Rainbow. Oh, come <laughs> on. The answer can't be in the, in the it, clue. It, it can loud. indeed. It can indeed. No, that's it's not. It's Orange, Cheeky and Rainbow, which was Zippy. That's me. Orange, Cheeky and Rainbow. <laughs> and a Numpa Loompa. Uh, orange is my favourite colour. I'm cheeky and I'm a gay. It would be established earlier. That is my symbol. <laughs> okay, one more for you, Rob. Let's see if you get one right. I'm not going to get any of these right. right. Uh, let's, these let's see if he gets one. I'm going to get Num- this. Number one, Kennedy. Neighbours. <laughs> number two, Forest Gate. No. Number three, Pumping Iron. On a sword sticker. It is Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's Kennedy then? He was married to one of the Kennedys, oh. um, John F. Kennedy's nieces. That's bloody um, odd, that was. Well, so he li- lived, lived in Forest Gate. Um, he was a governor, obviously, and he was um, from Austria. So, but unfortunately, Rob, he didn't make it. So, congratulations, Jim. You are this week's winner with six <laughs> points to three. Um, so, before, before we sign off for this week, Jim, Rob, would you like to give the contact details of where people can get in touch? Well, if you'd like to find us on uh, the social medias, it's at the Dial Up Dudes. Um, I am at Beef and Teeth. If you want to see pictures of uh, me with my shirt off because I've lost a bit of weight, or uh, some kitty cats, or my wonderful husband. Yeah. And if you want to find Mr. Robert Bish, he is X Zombish X on Twitter or just Zombish on Instagram. Oh, and you can see pictures of, of his beautiful smile. Oh. Well, until next time. Ta-ta. Catch me outside. <laughs>